Hi, I'm Trinisha. And I'm Bernie. And welcome to the It's Too Early for This podcast. Today, Today we will be talking about geoengineering and we have two special guests, Chanique Park and Augustin. Hello. Doesn't know how to yeah. say his last name. I don't even know no, how to say my I, name. I, I don't even know his last name. I'm just I'm disapproving of this. Okay, well, since Bernie and Augustine were part of the discussion, I guess you guys are going to be doing most of the talking. Yes. Well, not most of the but, talking. Yeah, we're looking at 20%. Yeah. 10%. And it's, and it's a deal. All right. Oh, whoops. My phone okay. is All right, so I'll, I'll, st- I'll go first. So... Um, as we know, geoengineering is looking like a very uh, positive thing, and it's going to affect our planet in many ways. and has going to have many benefits, I'd say. Right? There's we're looking at taking CO2 out of the air, um, reflecting more sunlight, so decreasing the temperature around the Earth, and reducing rising sea uh, levels. Right? Because um, because of uh, uh, the sun and CO2 and greenhouse gases, this creates some kind of like laser and it's heating up the earth and it's melting ice caps. And this is causing uh, many animals uh, to uh, lose their habitats uh, like polar bears and many Arctic animals and as well as cities being uh, drowned on, I mean, not drowned, but sinking underwater like Bangkok and Jakarta. Um, so uh, we were looking at a video and they stated many um, different techniques that have been um, discovered and have been uh, identified as having a positive effect on the earth. Uh, one of them, which are covering the Arctic with this kind of reflective sand, which the Arctic is actually missing. Uh, they used to have it a long time ago, but over time it kind of went away. And um, they're now kind of testing and testing it out, I'm pretty sure. Um, not, actually, actually, I don't know if it was there back then. I think it was. And they're now testing it. Uh, and seeing uh, the positive effects it has in decre- and deflecting the sunlight to decrease temperature. That That's nice. What a nice way to put it, Augustine. Yeah. yeah. So for those who do not know and are kind of listening to this podcast, geoengineering are interventions so massive in scale that they can, or they might, undo uh centuries yes centuries of human behavior but they could also make things worse so as augustine said there's many ways to um for geoengineering to kind of help us you can uh for example i read somewhere online that some people want to create like this giant light sails in space to like reflect light and then there's also like that more very much gonna happen type of thing called stratosophic aerosol injections, right? Where uh, can you can you elaborate? What is that, tra- uh, Bernie? Yeah, I, I was about to. I was about to. So it's when uh, planes have these type of salts, these type of crystals, maybe even uh, sulfur dioxide, and they emit it all over the clouds, so they be- have a higher albedo. And with that, they reflect more sunlight. Thus, the Earth will be more cooler because it has less sunlight. And for those who don't know, sunlight is the main key of heat. It's because of sunlight that the Earth is warming. 70% of all sunlight gets um, absorbed by the Earth and gets re-emitted as infrared energy. And that is heat. 
So yes. And carbon dioxide and all of those other uh, greenhouse gases, they kind of trap that heat in the atmosphere. Uh, like if you take a laser pointer on a mirror, the mirror reflects that. That's basically how, um, you know, carbon dioxide and infrared light works. Also, Nubahas call me. Um, so, yeah. so, so, so there's planes, right? They, they were, they're wanting to put into planes all around the world, this kind of substance, this salty kind of substance into the planes, uh, fuels so that when it actually uses it, these big white lines that you see in the clouds won't actually just be clouds of smoke, but they will actually have an effect, a positive effect on the earth by reflecting sunlight. Um, and of course, there's been research that even if we put in all planes, there's no way that there would be too much reflection because the earth is just so warm that it is just no way we can go back and actually make it too cold. Um, so unless it was an ice age, that, that would be really cool, you know, an ice age. You know? But uh, yeah, so if there was an ice age, normally I think uh, it would cool the earth really fast. But in this case, it wouldn't because, uh, yeah, it wouldn't. But I would like to mention one thing. You see, as you said, it is very much difficult for overspraying or overdoing geoengineering so that it would end up being too cold, like an ice age. Because, um, like, for example, you know how in our previous discussion, they tried to collect all of the garbage in the ocean using this thing? And they're still not done as we're uh, as we speak. Like they're still trying to collect all of that garbage in that one section with rope to kind of like make a concentrated area so they can just scoop up the trash. Didn't that company go bankrupt? Yeah, they did. But another company is trying to do their idea, and they're also getting bankrupt. So you know, there's that. However, that's not what I wanted to say. You see. What I was thinking about and what many people are thinking about as well when it comes to geoengineering is what the heck will people do when they finally realize that heat energy is no longer an issue and that in some ways, theoretically, they could maybe produce more carbon dioxide. Yeah, they were looking at, we were looking in class about this idea that actually, if we actually do find these solutions and they actually do kind of bring back time, take away CO2 or uh, actually decrease the uh, temperature rising, um, they might actually think, oh, nothing, oh, no, it's being reversed. So it's not bad if we actually go full capacity and just blow out tons and tons of CO2, even more than they are now, because I'm pretty sure that governments are actually restricting how much they can actually, uh, uh, actually, uh, uh, how do you say, like, um, uh, like they could, there's only a specific amount of CO2 that they can actually release into the air per mm. day, per month or something. And I think that it's being controlled by governments. And I think that if they think, oh, um, the, all these solutions are going to solve that, they're going to then release more CO2 into the air, which actually these solutions aren't going to turn back time. They're more like going to reduce the effect of how fast it's going, right? We know that um, back, back, back a few, maybe centuries ago, there was no problem with CO2 and there are now a lot more problems. Uh, we're finding many effects on health. And um, yeah, I think that with these actually, these, um, these uh, warehouses in uh, England that are actually taking out the CO2, they aren't actually taking out as much as we're actually releasing. Um, and obviously, if we do install these all around the world, I still think that there's no way that we can actually take the same amount out as we're putting in. 
it's just impossible with the it's just too much and i think that uh yeah there there isn't really a solution to people over like taking uh advantage of geoengineering yeah and i agree with that because uh for example many people had this idea that what if you fertilize the ocean with uh iron so that algae cells can multiply and so that they can uh kind of absorb more carbon dioxide off the air. But then they don't realize that you cannot destroy carbon dioxide, no matter what, carbon dioxide still exists. So if the algae cell dies, they release the carbon dioxide they collected. And I would also like to mention from one of the sources I read that kind of explained this, they mentioned even if geoengineering slows down global warming, Humanity is still adding extra CO2 to the atmosphere. More CO2 in the air means that the oceans will absorb more CO2, which makes them more acidic and therefore kill other things such as sea marine life or uh, coral reefs. Then we would uh, need to continue pumping particles in the air to slow down global warming or else we would be in risk of a termination shock. And for those who don't know, termination shock is basically, like, imagine, how should I say this? Imagine you have an iron pan between your hand and the stove that's on high fire, right? And now imagine termination shock is basically someone taking off that pan, exposing your hand to that fire from the stove and basically burning your hand. That's what this would be. So that's, there's so much rough. Yeah, there's so much CO2 in the air by this time that all of that coatings we have will go away and thus all of that light entering back into earth will just make uh, things way hotter than before and melt everything more or less. Yeah, it's like it's like you shining light through a through this little uh, inspecting whatever through glass, through glass, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there was, there was also, um, uh, let me see. Uh, they were also looking to use a different type of gas, this more, uh, eco-friendly gas that releases less CO2. I'm pretty sure that what it, that's what it was a more eco-friendly fuel, which actually, uh, all around the world, we're trying to use electricity and things like that. And there are obviously a lot of benefits to using electricity because it's a renewable energy. It doesn't actually re release any CO2 in the air, but it's not very realistic because to be honest, um, there's so many developing countries which are not going to change to electric for another 10, 20 years. And it's just going to continue releasing CO2. So changing to this gas is actually, you can actually do it already with any car that uses gasoline or diesel. You could already use this gas. It's You don't need to change anything. And I think that's something that, if they can mass produce this, this could really benefit everyone in the world because obviously everyone has a car. Everyone uses cars every day to travel to places. Um, and I think that if they can actually get this, uh, like this uh, cup of ga gasoline everywhere around the world, this could really uh, reduce CO2 emissions. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Chenny? Um, um, I feel like I'm kind of confused what you guys were talking about, but... Elaborate. Just give us some questions. Hit us. Like, I have a, one question right now. Do you think that we should rely on technology to solve this climate change problem? Um, 
I personally think that we cannot 100% rely on it, but at the same time, we kind of have uh, no choice because let's just say like we've had, I've already talked about this in America, right? Wearing a mask, I'm pretty sure is practically mandatory. Yet you have so many videos of thousands of Americans walking on streets to protest. And so people forcing others to use less CO2 to, I don't know, not waste this, not waste that, not use plastic. It's, I mean, it's going so slowly and people are taking so much time. Like before people thought, who cares? Plastic use, throw, use, throw. And now we're realizing it's so bad. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just think that people don't always listen. I think it's very, it also really depends on where you are in the world because there's some countries that really listen to what people like governments have to say. And there's some countries that just really don't care. Um, so yeah, I think like a lot of people are, are waiting for geoengineering to actually come up with big solution that can then be used because of proof and everything. Like no one would care to change to a different fuel if it costs the same, which I think the mandate state, it would cost the same. So if they did change, why would they care? If it's more eco-friendly, it makes them look better. You know what I mean? Especially for no cost at all. It's the same thing with plastic though. We all know plastic's bad, but we still use it. It's because it's like there, it's accessible, and it's easy to get easy to get rid of and it's easy to use i think it's all it all depends on everyone's habits if people mm. yeah and it's it's, it's probably... like how i mentioned before sorry Chani. no i don't uh, it's how i mentioned before like i use a plastic water bottle i believe many of you also use a type of plastic water bottle like there chan he has is that glass or is that plastic plastic glass. plastic oh, okay. and then also Paper. Many people say don't use paper, but then what do you write notes on? Unless you're super rich and have an iPad, you have paper. Bernie, don't you have an iPad? No, I don't have an iPad. I have tissues. That's paper, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's very much part of our culture. Well, not culture, but part of our system to use plastic, to use paper, to use um, toilet paper or stuff like that. We all, I feel like it's not that. I feel like we all can, like, we can all evolve and start using, like, recyclable items instead of using, like, single-use plastic. But it's just because, like, we're so used to just getting plastic. And, like, you know how, like, here, if you want a plastic bag, you have to pay extra. But, I mean, no one really minds paying, like, 5000 extra, do we? Yeah, but also you have to look at this. Like, for example, you know how there's that thing where people are saying save the turtles and they say don't use plastic straws or yeah, stuff like that. That 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 was really dumb I thought. Like they didn't really save plastic. It was just on videos you could see people doing plastic. Like I saw videos also on like on social media where you would see people taking videos of putting plastic in the trash and a second later you would see them throwing it on the ground. Like I just yeah. found that trend really stupid. And not only that, not only that, but then also if you look at the trend, you would also see that most people who either reposted it or acknowledged it were young people. And just for you guys to know, in our population right now, most of the people who are alive and are older than us won't be really much affected by global warming. And so therefore, they won't even care. They'll just continue their life how it is right now because soon they're going to die. And this is actually, this is actually big. Uh, thing that what I think it was Greta Thunberg who was like going I, I think she was maybe going into like the yeah. fact that a lot of uh, I mean I'm just saying like like she was looking into like 
how our future is not being saved because people are just, um, you know, wasting uh, lots of, wait, I think I have a better idea. Chan, why don't you? Chan, like- what do you yeah, think? Chan, Chan, you're Chan, bursting you, up with an you idea. You really yeah. want to talk and I don't want to cut like you, you off. Really talk. I think I think we're having some type of technical difficulty with Chan right now. Chan, why don't you say something? Oh, it looked like you were about, you really wanted to you say something. You really wanted to say something. I'm so sorry for cutting you. I just want to talk about um, if we like, like, does it, does it really matter if we have to like, like solve this climate change problem right now? Like, I feel like it won't affect us too much in the future, but like, like, do you get what I mean? Chen, 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 how old are you? I'm 17 right now. Uh-huh. And how long? Uh, you, you know the life expectancy in the world is, Chan? It's about 80 almost. At one yeah. world, it'll be even so higher. Weird. You're gonna have like about 73 more years. I mean, sorry, 63 more years to live. And you don't think climate changes will affect you. Well, like how would how would people like try to solve this kind of problem? You do know that Jakarta is sinking, right? Yeah, and I know. Chan, that. You do know that like in seven years, if we continue this, there won't be any reverse. So everything will melt and everything will just get yeah. worse. So like worse. right now, right now we're looking at sort of like a this that's kind of going down, but then after in seven years, it's just gonna go pull it's gonna pull them straight to the ground because like we can't change it, we can't reverse it. And how long do you think it will take? I mean, they again they predicted that in seven years, if we continue this path, we won't be able to change it. And then we'll just need to wait for more carbon dioxide or whatever gases they put in the air to just beat up the sinkings. So what would be the solution then? How would I better, wait, wait, question. I have a question for you, Chen. I know you're really excited to talk more, but I have a question for you. Do you think you'll have children, Chen? Just, just, just as a question, just um, in the future. I feel like that's a weird question, but... No, yeah. no, Chen, Chen, Chen. Chan, just think, think just think gonna, in the future. If it's not going to affect you, it's going to affect your children. Your children. If you have children, your their lives, like what's the point of having children if your children are just going to live in a dump, right? Yeah. Right, Chan? What do you think about that? Chan, your, your children will be able to play soccer on the field because... Yeah, I, I know you want to be a professional soccer player, but think about your children. for Ivy League. For the European soccer is football, just for you to know. Yeah, so how, it's... But- how do we solve this though? Like if no one is going to listen, like like the plastic and plastic straw that you guys just mentioned like before, if no one's going to listen, then what would be like the solution then? Exactly what we're talking That's about right now. I'm saying geoengineering is like kind of a waste because you um, trying to re- reduce or trying to cleaning, cleaning up the effects after the issue has already happened, it's going to be more expensive and it's going to be more... What do you, what's the word? It's more like at this at this point, most of these people, yeah, the, most at this point, most people don't actually want to reverse it. They just like, want to try and slow it I'm down. I'm pretty sure all of us have metal straws in our house. How many of us actually use it, like on a daily basis? <laughs> I, I just don't, don't use straws. Use I mean, I, I just don't use straws. I mean, there's I, a lot of like excess things that we use that we do not need. To be honest, when I go to Starbucks, I ask for plastic straw when they give me paper straw. It's just. See? Okay, here's the thing. In Starbucks and Starbucks, yes, I can use paper straw because you know it, they give it just like yeah. that. So I don't. I'm lazy. I don't need to ask for a plastic straw. Whatever you give me, I'll use it. 
But if I go to a place like Cha Time where they give me a humongous plastic straw, I ain't gonna say, "Oh no, please substitute it with paper." No, I'm lazy. I'll just take that straw. But Bernie, you do have a metal straw in your house. I do have a metal straw Don't in my house. Don't you have house. like a the big one for boba as well? Yes, but Trinisha, Trinisha, it's also the same as like your phone's about to die. Are you gonna bring your charging port with you wherever you go? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll bring a cable. But then many people like me won't do that. They don't want to just walk around with a cable in their hand. Well, I'll put it in my bag. Well, then you need to take more responsibility. I'll put it in my bag. <laughs> or in my pocket. And you're saying to take more responsibility, yet you're using plastic straws. <laughs> you're <laughs> asking for plastic straws. You get given a, a paper straw and goes, and you go to the, to the, to the barista. Can I have a plastic straw instead? When no, you're because it, a plastic it just, cup. The taste... If you drink it with the paper straw, it's like tasting like a different thing. No, it's. I think it just melts. The straw just melts. Uh, like I don't think paper straws are the thing. Like it just doesn't work. I think they should have electric straws. Like if you're drinking like a frappuccino, which is like 90% ice, and you just have to wait for your drink to melt, the paper straw is gonna be soggy by then. So I get. But, like, if you're getting, like, a ice caramel macchiato, there's no point in getting a plastic straw. Uh, but I would still prefer a plastic straw. See, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a habit. We all pre- If we all had a choice, we'd all choose plastic straws. If plastic wasn't a big issue, we'd all still use, like, we'd, we'd still all pick plastic straws over anything recyclable. Do you think if government take this action seriously, would this like actually benefit us in the future? No. People no? don't listen unless it's mandatory. If but it's like, mandatory, but... people have to do it, right? No. Like masks are mandatory in the no, US. No, I just I just read it's not it's not really mandatory unless it's not it's like kind of, I don't know. US is just they don't take initiative. They're not very serious with this. I could see like to be honest, like okay, let's just see Indonesia, you have to wear a mask wherever you go, right? And people do wear masks wherever they go. Right, and they do it because it's a, it's a law. If you don't do it, then you have problems, right? In America, they, I'm pretty sure people who don't wear masks they do get problems as well because it's it's I don't know it's kind of complicated. Get, but. I think it's more problems with like someone else than the authority, though. Yeah, but you see, if it's mandatory, like people won't do it after their will, unless like like it's hard to explain. But like, okay, the, a lot of the June engineering things that they're doing a lot of them actually we it won't even affect us like we won't do anything in our daily lives right it's just what we do to reduce co2 which to be honest it's kind of hard for governments to change from like this diesel gasoline to this whole new like kind of uh, oil thing that they created because they'll be very hard to i'm not sure how they make it and to be honest to release it all over america all over europe all over asia it's it's gonna take probably so long that it already too late. Like there's just no point of actually using the gasoline anymore. Exactly. Like I think geoengineering is a, it would be a solution to sl- like make it slower, but I don't think it's a solution. Like I think it's we're, really we've just, we've, really we've just like ruined earth. And, you know, I think we should just spend more of our money on trying to go to another planet like <laughs> Mars. But it's also like, it's like what I kind of texted Bernie to, say during the discussion the points of intervention so there's three points of intervention 
reducing pollutant at source, regulating and reducing at the point of release, and cleaning up the effects. So basically, geoengineering is cleaning up the effects, which in which is what we learn in environmental science that is usually the most expensive and the least effective, which is what almost all of the solutions that were discussed in the discussion last class were about. So that's why I'm saying geoengineering is kind of, oh, like it's not really a solution to climate change because it's really expensive and it's a, wa and it's a waste of time. What do you think, Chan? Wait, Janisha, can you clarify that one more time, please? Which part, like the three points of intervention? Yeah, like what are you basically trying to tell us right now? I'm basically saying that all of the solutions that we can come up with right now are all the third point of intervention, which is cleaning up the effects, which is the most expensive and the least effective. Hmm. Overall, we've come to a conclusion as I could see that geoengineering is more or less useless. And also and is in, a in this article that I read, um, it's a, um, the article title is like false solutions to climate change geoengineering. And it talks about how like um, they were gonna do some, they were gonna reduce greenhouse gas emissions by mitigation and it just didn't work because it ended up just releasing the same amount of CO2 in the air, even if it worked. So even if they didn't implement it, the same amount of CO2 would get released. So do we wanna come up with solutions that are not expensive and not effective? Well, I mean, here's the thing. How can it not be expensive if it's something we have to do worldwide. Exactly. Because, for example, I remember in our discussion, someone said, oh, yeah, what if you let volcanoes erupt more often since last time uh, in, what what was it? Mount Tubo. I don't think I said that correctly. But when it erupted in 1991, it released a lot of gases that basically reflected light and helped that area. But... But is it possible to not, like make no no no? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They they neglected the part where it also gave out a crap ton of carbon dioxide. Like it, it spat say? out it spat out sixty three tons or something like that cubic tons. Chan, what do you have to say about this? I'm I'm kind of surprised with that statistic number right there. Um. Yeah, but so Augustine, what do you think about this um, situation right now, too? I think overall, in my opinion, geoengineering is just—it's just a good. It's—I I don't know how to say it. I'm just saying, I think through the conclusion of this podcast, you've seen that geoengineering might not be the solution to actually reducing. Um, like CO2 emissions and reducing the world, the world from sinking. Um, I think personally that doing more research into like going out into space is probably, it's, it's, it's such a slim chance of us actually going there in my opinion at this point in time. Now this, this might change in the future. Can go to space. Yeah. Is, I, it's going to ruin that e either way. It, 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 this is 
right? I think there's a lot of things like when we're going to a new world where the world is completely like everything will be probably electric and things like well, being all the good things, right? We're not gonna leave. We're not gonna obviously find. I don't know if we're gonna find gasoline and stuff on Mars, right? I don't know how, and we can still get electricity because we have solar panels, which actually get actually from the sun and Mars actually still gets the sun. I'm, okay. This is probably way off topic to be honest, but I'm just saying, right. I just think it's, it's way more useful to do this. Um, thank you so much for having me and Chan. Chan was such a big help. I'm, I'm just so Chan, sad we didn't hear enough Chan, from him. He was Chan, lagging so words. much. Okay. Well, I guess Chan doesn't have anything else to say. And I think we all came to the conclusion that geoengineering is a waste of time and that we should start thinking about better ideas to. Oh, wait, wait, my bad. I just, I just got. Oh my God. God. Okay. So I think personally, I um, think that group effort will be the one that will actually change climate change in the future. Honestly, geoengineering and all that kind of stuff are not important. I feel like if every community and the society like work together and the government too, then I feel like um, this um, this problem won't be a big issue in, uh, Chen, issue in the future. Chen, I have, I have, a, I have a question for you. I've, wait, wait, wait. I have a question for you, Chan. As as a as a very widely known person and a very well like a, an idol to many, what do you think? <laughs> 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 okay, you're just cut it. All right. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. Um, Yo, can you put this on the discussion? <laughs> the one that I just said right now. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it nah, put the part where I asked China. The, the what, what part do you want it? That's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Have a good day.